Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves and as always, it's our mission on this podcast to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines so that you can break free from a life of fear of your next headache or migraine and dependence on medication. And on today's podcast, we're going to answer a common question that we get here in the clinic and that is, so maybe you've been listening to the podcast We talk about our approach. We talk about physical therapy, manual therapy, this neck problem. And you're thinking, well, if I go through this process, will it stick? Is it something that will last? And that's one of the biggest questions we get when people start out with treatment. And it's, it's a concern because they say, okay, like if, if I see some improvement, uh, is it something that's just going to come back when I stop? Um, do I have to continue to come to see you frequently in order for it to continue to work? And that's that's something in the, um, I guess, I think it's safe to say in the chiropractic world, uh, there's a lot of maintenance. Uh, I've had patients that see chiropractors once a week for years. And um, it's just sort of this idea or this thought process that uh, you always have uh, a, a problem. There's always an issue. Um, and it's never going to resolve, and so we always need to um, keep working on it. And our approach is a is a little bit different than that. But I want to go into this question of will it stick? Is it a one time fix, and we'll never have to worry about it again? Uh, I want to go into that because if we understand the problem itself, um, that will help us. Uh, it'll it'll put us in a better frame of mind of how to treat it and then maintain it, and then. If we understand what the treatment approach looks like and then what maintenance looks like, then I think as you're searching for relief, you'll um, be able to, one, treat yourself better uh, and then maintaining improvements that you find with any provider. So if you're not here in Colorado and you're trying to find a provider in your own state um, and and you're searching for this type of treatment, there's a lot of things you can do on your own. And so understanding uh, the the problem, where it comes from, and then how to maintain it is important. So we're going to get into that. So what what is the maintenance involved? Is this something uh, that should just stick once I go through the proper treatment? And then I'll talk about our experience here in the clinic and what we've seen that's worked. So first off, let's uh, understand the why behind the problem, because if we understand the problem itself, then that can direct us in how to fix it and then maintain it. The problem itself is namely a loss of mobility, loss of mobility in the neck. So your neck is designed to function in a specific way. When you turn your head, look up and down in side bend, left and right, there are joints within our neck that all are, they have a single task, but combined, they allow us the the degree of movement that we see with the rotation, side bending, uh, extension, flexion. So our head, it swivels. There's a lot of degrees of freedom and it it weighs about 10 to 12 pounds. So it's really remarkable when we think of this bowling ball weight, our head that weighs about the, uh, it weighs about what a bowling ball would. And I use that because when I, when I pick up a bowling ball at a bowling alley, it's, it's substantial, it's significant. And I think oftentimes we don't realize what our neck is having to do throughout the day. And so just think of it as a bowling ball. I think that's helpful. And 
our neck is able to move, turn about 90 degrees to the right, 90 degrees to the left. And then with extension, flexion, side bending, about 45 with side bending, there's a lot of degrees of freedom there. And it's not a single joint that's doing all that. These are, there are multiple joints that all have their individual role. And the first two joints in the neck are unique to the rest of the joints throughout the cervical spine or the neck. So um, the, the first bone and the second bone are shaped differently. So the head sitting on the first bone primarily is helping us with nodding motion. So there should be about 10 degrees of forward nodding and then extension and then side bending. So when we side bend, the first bone in our neck should sort of side shift to the same direction. So there's some mobility there that allows us that nodding motion. And really that first bone supports the head um, very well. And then we, we go from the first bone to the second bone. And now this is kind of a cool joint because there's a thumb-like structure, this, this little bone that protrudes up. And it, the first bone shaped like a donut, and it rests uh, with that thumb-like structure in the middle of it. And every time you turn your head, about half of your rotation should just come from this one joint. Now, this is key because these two joints that I just talked about are almost always restricted. They're not doing their job. We see this over and over and over again. It's definitely the rule. It's not the exception. And it's almost, not, it's 90 plus percent of people that we see with headaches and migraines. This is at the core of what's happening. This is a, a, a main factor, the, the main factor. Um, there are other things that contribute to their headaches and migraines, but this is the main thing. Those joints don't do their job. So when you turn your head, when you look up and down, when you, when you side bend, oftentimes people don't realize that they're tight or that they're restricted or that they're losing range of motion because there's, our neck has so many joints, it's good at compensating. But from that second bone down, so C2, 3, 3, 4, 5, four, five, five, six. So these joints, as we go down the spine, they're only supposed to do about 5% or five degrees rather of rotation. And then it's kind of coupled with side bending, flexion, extension. So it's not a true one plane joint, these, all, these other joints. And, but there's, there's enough of them that our neck can compensate with rotation, side bending, and then flexion and, and extension. So essentially, your neck can function for a long, long time without the first two joints. But what happens is there's stress that builds up because it's not an efficient movement. It's not moving as it was intended. And because of that, there is definitely uh, a, yeah, there's stress that builds up. And then that stress is shown um, through the joints. It's shown through muscle tension. Uh, it's thrown. It's shown through the tissues that surround the joints, so ligaments, uh, these capsules that surround the joints, and so all of these structures that are part of what we call our musculoskeletal system are impacted when these joints don't do their job. So, what that leads to is this pain signal from the upper part of the neck, because those two joints not doing their job impact the tissues around it. So the joint itself, or those, or the muscles, or the tendons, or the ligaments. These things can all be sensitized. They can be painful from the irritation that occurs. And when there's a pain signal sent from that area, it sends the pain into the head and the brain perceives it as coming from the head or the face. Now, again, I'm, I'm simplifying this, but what happens is the pain signal travels through the brainstem and in the brainstem, it meets up with other sensory inputs. There's something called 
a nucleus in that area, so it's actually the trigeminal cervical nucleus, and it picks up information from the trigeminal nerve. It also picks up information from some of the, the blood vessels within the head itself. Um, and then there's occipital nerves that can meet up in there as well. And so we have this convergence, this meeting up of all of these sensory inputs, and then it sends a common to the signal to the brain, and the brain doesn't know where exactly to attribute it to. And so what happens is it confuses that, and oftentimes it confuses it as head or facial pain. And as the pain signal gets intense enough, it actually not only confuses the location of pain, it also confuses the type of pain. And so you can get sensory inputs that become hypersensitive, like um, visual inputs, so light, uh, senses of smell uh, can be hypersensitive, and those can feel like triggers. Um, there, and that's where we get this migraine presentation. There, it can even cause this, this aura, this visual disturbance, uh, and we see that clinically. Um, I've actually been able to reproduce an aura on patients. Uh, if, if their neck is sensitive enough, just putting a little bit of pressure in a specific area, and they'll get their aura, and then it will go away. Because uh, I work on it, I treat it, the joint feels better, uh, and so that pain signal is less intense, and the brain doesn't have to be hypersensitive to these other signals. So that's the problem. We have full podcast on that, uh, but that's just a little refresher. So why does that happen? Well, it can happen for from poor posturing. It can happen from a car accident, whiplash injury. Remember, we have this 10 to 12-pound head, the weight of a bowling ball, and it's sitting on a very mobile neck. The, the amount of mobility through those upper joints is significant, and typically, the more mobility a joint has, it kind of sacrifices on stability. And especially in this day and age, where we're relatively sedentary and uh, our necks aren't as stable as they could be, um, we are setting ourselves up for this neck injury. So the why is a multitude of things, and we also have a podcast on that, but um, the easy ones, kind of the low-hanging fruit that uh, are intuitive for people are whiplash injuries, um, head or neck trauma, car accidents. Now, outside of that, it's just posture. It's it's um, We can look at how your bite is and if your jaw's playing into it. We can look at uh, shoulder tension. We can look at all sorts of things that can contribute to adding stress to your neck. So the next question, can it be fixed? Well, yes, it can, kind of. So it depends on a lot of things there too. So if I have a young patient, so let's say I have a 10-year-old uh, or a 12-year-old, this a young, likely female uh, that will come to see me, I will want their neck to feel like it is back to normal. Meaning, when they first come see me, they'll be very sensitive in certain areas. When I go through my techniques or my assessment, it will uh, it'll reproduce their symptoms. It'll be sensitive in their neck. Now, I want that to be completely gone by the time we're done with treatment. I have a different sort of standard uh, for people that have had their symptoms for a longer period of time, so several years or decades, uh, that changes things a little bit, especially the older the patient. So the more years you have under your belt and life experience and uh, posture, stress playing into your neck, the less likely it is to fully recover. Now, does that mean that your symptoms uh, won't go away unless your neck is fully recovered? No. Actually, oftentimes I can improve someone's neck mobility um, just by a little bit. And that'll be enough to drop that pain signal or that tension level below their line of threshold. 
So sometimes I can, I've actually had this before. This is rare, but someone who has had decades of migraines and just with one or two visits, they will be symptom free. Again, that's rare, but it has happened. And it's not as if I'm completely resolving the neck problem, but all I'm doing is just bringing the tension level or their pain level down to below their threshold, to a level that their body can tolerate again, to a level that their brain can sort of zone it out, um, uh, silence it, and ignore it. And so that's great because when people come to us, one of the things, or if they're not, if they're not wanting to uh, go through our process, it's because they think it's going to take a long, long time. But honestly, for most people, the first and second visit, they will see you will see progress. And we are not completely resolving <clears throat> your your uh, neck problem. All we're doing is just reducing the level of tension that's been ramping up, ramping up, ramping up for years. Now, the the primary demographic, the the most common uh, demographic that we see is females in their 30s to 50s. And likely they'll have a couple decades of pain symptoms and they can have uh, upwards of, you know, multiple migraines a week. So in that scenario, I typically am not going to tell someone that their mobility should be 100%. Like we want all 45 degrees. Uh, we want your neck um, to, ble- to have no issues at all. And I usually don't say that because that would take a very, very long time. And usually um, the cost reward, the cost benefit analysis, sort of that, that switches at some point because um, the neck problem will improve. And as it improves, the symptoms oftentimes uh, will improve much quicker than the neck issue itself. Now, again, um, this isn't always the case, but oftentimes people uh, will see progress. Um, let's say if I get half of their motion back in their neck, um, they can feel 80, 90% better. Um, and so this, this is rolling into sort of the maintenance or do I have to come back for treatment and that sort of thing. Um, so it's probably the exception that someone goes through our process and their neck is completely resolved of this injury, but symptom wise symptoms, pain, um, the auras, the sensitivities, the lights and sounds, the nausea, those things we want to see go away almost completely. Uh, we want people to be 80 to 90% better. If they still have a trace of their symptoms, but they're functional, they're not thinking about their headache every day, they're not walking around with medication, that, that's a success. And most people that we work with at the start of their treatment, they can't even imagine that. Okay. So most people we work with are not wanting to, they're not like, Oh, a hundred percent or nothing. They're just, even if you give me 20%, I'll be grateful. Uh, but we push for an 80 to 90% improvement. Um, like I said, that a hundred percent is it's, um, something that, that does happen. And when I'm talking about a hundred percent, it's a hundred percent, um, progress with the neck injury itself. So we get people to a point where their neck is moving better, not completely better, and their symptoms are 80 to 90% improved. So what do we do from there? Um, for most people, what it looks like is we, we do have to maintain that. Now, there's an element of maintaining it on your own, and then, and then there's an element of us, us actually helping you with that process, coming in for uh, treatment to make sure your neck is still in good shape. So when I first opened the clinic, 
This was uh, about three and a half years ago. This is our fourth year uh, at Novera Headache Center. So when I first opened the clinic, I had the thought that uh, my, my mindset was such that I believed people, as they went through our process, should be resol- completely resolved so they don't have to come back. You don't have to come back for treatment. It'll, it'll just last. Um, and I found that that was not true. And what was happening was people were coming, they were improving, and then they'd feel a little bit of a headache come back. And they'd think, well, that, that didn't work, and they'd move on. And I was like, man, that's, that's, um, that's not the outcome I wanted. That's not the result. Because if, I, if someone improves and they have this, this, this awesome story, uh, this transformational story, I want them to be able to maintain that. And so I switched my mindset a little bit after this happened several times. And I realized that just with a little bit of intervention, we call it our ounce of prevent, like an ounce of prevention. With an ounce of prevention, just a little bit of intervention, both on the patient side and then on our side, we were able to maintain those results. So, uh, oftentimes, what we'll do now is recommend people come to see us just uh, once a month or every other month, because this type of injury, we shouldn't look at it as if you had a broken bone and then the bone healed. And then all is good. You take an x-ray, everything looks great. It's not that type of injury. It's not that type of problem. I would relate it more to the alignment on your car. Now, any car, just with normal wear and tear on the road, is likely to have an alignment problem at some point. Older cars, their tires will wear unevenly. um, And you'll have to go in to a tire shop or to an alignment shop and get it checked out and, and, and adjust the alignment. That's a normal thing. That's a normal process that happens. Then if you, if you are to get in a car accident, then you really want to check your alignment because if your wheel was hit, if the frame was bent, if something like that, um, it's likely that your alignment's going to be off. Now, the same is true with this type of problem. You have two categories. You have one category where you don't necessarily have an injury. You don't have this traumatic event that happened. And so you might be wondering like, well, why would I have a neck problem? Well, that's like driving a car for 10 plus years and wondering why you have an alignment problem when you've never been in an accident. Well, it's, it's common to my knowledge. I'm not a mechanic, but to my knowledge, it's, it's common or not uncommon for the alignment to, um, to, to need attention as you drive the car, just for the life of the car, normal wear and tear. Same thing is true for us. With the different stresses we place on our body, the, the sedentary lifestyle a lot of us have, the desk jobs. Um, the weird positions we sit in on a couch, we're sleeping on our stomach, whatever it is, there's a lot of things that our neck has to go through and just for, uh, life itself can lead to this type of problem. Now, the second thing is if you get, which is a little bit more obvious for people, but that's like if you get in, uh, if yeah, if, if you were yourself to get in a car accident, if you have a whiplash injury, head or neck trauma, if you had something that happened to your neck, then it's like, oh yeah, of course I have a neck problem. Now, I would say it's probably 50-50. Half the time people have a scenario like that, head or neck trauma, and half the time they don't. So with, um, but I don't want that to be, I I want you to think of it in that context, kind of like the alignment of your car Um, and understanding how it happened, but also what to do from here on out. Just like you go to the dentist and they have you brush your teeth and floss to prevent cavities, this is kind of, it's like an alignment issue. Like you'll have to check in to make sure it looks good every now and then. 
And so your neck, especially if you're someone that's had headaches or migraines, um, you, you'll want to check in to make sure your neck is still in good shape. So, um, you at home without seeing a professional, uh, there are things that you can do. And what I would suggest is you listen to, well, we have several podcasts on this. Uh, in a lot of our podcasts, we, uh, recommend certain things like, you know, here's, here's something that you can take home and do. Um, and, and then we have specific podcasts on like home exercises and, uh, the best things to do at home, that sort of thing. And, uh, and we'll go, and we go into that. A lot of those things look like just a regular exercise routine, move frequently, um, pay attention to your posture, um, do specific stretches to areas like the pecs, uh, improve neck stability, things like that. And our virtual visits, we help people understand those things. It's also avoiding, um, the, the bad postures that are going to, that are going to increase tension through your neck. Uh, it's avoiding the negative things that uh, are going to be detrimental to your neck that maybe you don't realize it's happening when you're doing it. Uh, but over time, if you repeat that behavior, it will lead to an increase in neck tension. So, um, the, that's your portion. Now, when we have people that come through our process and we, it's every now and then we'll have someone who struggles to improve. And most of the time, it's because there are lifestyle variables that we we can't control. We make recommendations, um, but the patient doesn't apply those things. And we try to get them to understand the value of it. One of those one of the big things is sleeping on your stomach. Um, that's not something we really budge on. We don't we don't fudge on that. We it's not an area that you can get away with. Uh, sleeping on your stomach, it really is a hard and fast, like you, you can't sleep on your stomach if you have headaches or migraines. You just need to give your neck a break at night. So that's an example. And there are things like that where if people don't implement those things on their end, our process is far less effective. And so it's, it's, it's on your end and it's on our end. That's the maintenance piece too. When we're done with treatment, you need to, our patients need to continue to consider those things uh, throughout their life. Um, it's not just like for a month after or two months after it's really throughout their life. They need to implement these principles. And that's why you listening to this podcast is such a great thing. Uh, because you're, you're educating yourself, you're teaching yourself how to think differently, how to understand, um, that your neck is likely the issue and then, um, implement behaviors that are kind to your neck and favorable to your neck and uh, not going to increase tension. Okay. So that's, that's the, uh, long of the short answer. And the short answer is, do you need to maintain the progress that we would find in the clinic? Yes. Is there elements of this that you need to own and take control of? Absolutely. It's probably even more important than what we do, but what we do is sort of laying the foundation. It's giving you the jump start, uh, because oftentimes these restrictions in the upper neck have been there for so long or they're, they're so stuck that it really needs this specific intervention, the hands-on treatment that we provide to get people where they need to go. And that's why, um, oftentimes just doing, uh, you know, a, a basic neck stretch or YouTubing things, it, it doesn't, it doesn't get you where you want to go. And that's different. A lot, a lot of people think, uh, physical therapy is, is just some exercises like that. Uh, but that is, yeah, doing exercises is good and it's something that you should implement but you need to have an appropriate context 
um, knowing that all these other pieces might not dramatically improve your situation, um, but they're they're definitely going to keep you from um, having digressions. They're going to keep the tension from from building, building, building. And over time, I think you will see an improvement. If if you're sitting at home, if you haven't come to see us, and you're like, well, how much does this maintenance stuff really help? Um, it can have a significant impact. Uh, but just be patient with it. Okay, so there you go. There's uh, the answer to the question. Uh, will it stick? Is is there maintenance involved? What does it look like after I'm done with treatment? Thank you all for listening to the Headache Doctor podcast. We are truly on a mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. We need your help. So uh, share this podcast with someone you know that has headaches or migraines. Um, Please rate the podcast uh, if you enjoy listening to this. And uh, we appreciate you as our listener.